Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I was surprised how much fun I actually had. I don't think it really sort of tells a new story, but it kind of tells it from a slightly different perspective that makes it pretty engaging. And I think that is down to the enthusiasm that the main characters bring to each of their roles. The movie literally starts and in seconds there's a knife going in an eyeball and it just doesn't really let up. You can't help but be on their side, even if being on their side involves Brad Pitt stabbing a German in the eye. (laughs) Somewhere between a character investigation, piece of a small group and Rambo. (laughs) Hey everybody, welcome to this episode of Watcher Podcast. Today I'm joined by Jay. Woohoo! Tony. Well, hello. And War Daddy Helen. Hello. And we're going to be talking about Fury. Thank you, as always, to the mighty people for the mighty, mighty tunes. And thanks to Ben from Rockwood Audio for his awesome editing skills. Please do remember to write a review and rate us on Apple Podcasts anywhere you can do where you listen to the podcast because it really does help us. And you can join in the conversation with us on Twitter at FlixWatcherPod and on Instagram at FlixWatcher. Hello film fans, welcome to this episode of Flix Watcher Podcast. Joining us remotely today, we have Tony and Jay. If you please could say hello to our listeners and tell them a little bit more about who you are and what you do, please. Sure thing. Yeah, hi, my name's Tony Gordon. I'm the creative director at GeoPro UK, former slash current host of How to Write a Tune and a couple of other podcasts that I do very occasionally. And uh, yeah, Jay's business partner. I'm that business partner, Jay. Um, I'm managing director of GL Pro UK and, and have also guested on a, a few of those podcasts that uh, Tony mentioned. We're a podcast production company and have helped many, many, many businesses throughout the world kind of launch podcasts and maintain shows and get into content creation across the board. Well, one thing we should say at this point is that you guys helped out Flixwatcher from the start. So for the first year or so, you guys were uh, our editors. Um, that, so thank you very much. We wouldn't be indeed. here 200 other episodes down the line if it wasn't for you guys. And and very cool as well. We we guested way back when on yeah. those early single single and double digit shows, <laughs> and so cool that we're now in the 200s. It's it's amazing. Indeed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of the things because we hadn't we didn't we hadn't released any episodes at that point, but we we knew each other anyway, so it wasn't that much of a, of a gamble. So we knew we liked each other and, and stuff like that. But it's at that kind of stage where we didn't really have any episodes to listen to. And people were taking a massive punt on joining this, on guessing this podcast. So we, were, but we were always very grateful for those guys, those early 
innovators of which you are one of them as well well you know it's also a lot harder it was it was a harder ask but back when Flixwatch first started because netflix just wasn't full of the amazing content it is today it was when we were looking on it we were having to sift through to find kind of movies back then and it would be police academy 4 and uh, speed yeah. two or something. <laughs> it, it, <laughs> yeah, that is really true. The context of the show has actually changed quite a lot since then because of the quality of Netflix's library versus back then. I think is it, it, is that something that comes up often? Well, I mean, you you, you guys came on for the talent of Mr. Ripley and the one. Um, mm. I think everyone across the board will say the talent of Mr. Ripley is a fine is a fine fine film. The one is very it's not niche, but there are, are definite fans and definite detractors. Uh, and it's, it was wholly my kind of film had I been 15 and still I enjoyed it at 30 or uh, however, however old I was at that point. Um, and we, yeah, we do get, but I think since those early days, we try and steer the conversations to films that are just better because it just, it just makes for more fun record. I think Netflix have helped. <laughs> well, I mean, back, back, back when we were on the f- first on the show, Netflix wasn't making any of its own content, right? There wasn't any of the streaming wars or anything like that. Mm. There's now there's, we, when we were looking for it, we nearly went for, let's just go for Jim Carrey movies. Cause, <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I think if anything, this <laughs> being invited back on the show has definitely prompted me and Tony are going to go, go heavily down a big Jim Carrey rabbit hole very soon. <laughs> well, we've had a Jim Carrey, we've had... Um... Documentary yeah, Jim and yeah. Andy. Uh, not an act, not one of his actual films as yet. Oh no, we've had the Truman Show. We've had the Truman oh, Show Truman and Show, uh, yeah. Jim and Andy, which is probably like my my top Jim Carrey there in those two. What about? And is that when he's full method? He's full in Andy Kaufman, and yes. uh, yeah. it was like lost footage that wasn't released for an awful long time. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Wow, that's on that's Netflix again. right now. Yep. And the show just keeps giving value. Yeah, it's just a Netflix documentary, that one, so that will always be there. Yeah, it's really good. Um, I think it's definitely better than the the end product of Man on the Moon, because I think Man on the Moon, I'm, I don't really know much about Andy Kaufman, so I kind of didn't really get it all, but watching the documentary... Didn't the biopic tell you anything about Andy Kaufman? Yeah, but I saw that after. <laughs> OK. Yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's a kind of like a really interesting like fly in the wall view of the insanity of filmmaking and just how mad it was working with Jim Carrey when he became kind of possessed by the the spirit of Andy, Andy. Kaufman and poor old Milos Foreman is just like you just have to watch it for him just despairing about what to do. Just riding the lightning as a director is, as this star spins off the planet underneath you. Okay, I guess this is, we, we, we just go and keep rolling, keep rolling. Well, we're going too far down the, down the rabbit hole with another film, but let's let's bring it back to the film we're talking about today, which is Fury. Um, who chose Fury? I think that was me. Yes, that was <laughs> Do you me. think that was you? I think so. That was Tony there. Tony, can you tell us why you chose it? And also, since you came on 200 episodes ago, uh, we have less than 60 seconds to give the synopsis because we'll, we'll spoil it in the rest of the discussion anyway. So Yeah, no problem. So, 60-second synopsis. Uh, Fury is a movie about a cohort of tank People that ride a tank, I don't know what they're called. Tank people. People riding a tank. Um, who are in Nazi Germany. And it's the end of the war. And it is a story of their relationship and how it develops as things get really bad. I guess it's probably the best way of putting it, right? That's fine. Why did, why did you choose it? I chose it because it has a lot of really awesome actors and odd actors 
really going for it together. It's one of those movies where I'm like, everyone is really trying their hardest. Whether maybe too much at points, it's... I, but I buy it. I love it. I think it, I don't think it happens too much. Well, I've got, yeah, I've got to think about that because I'm my my first kind of this is the first time I've seen it. Okay. Um, one of those actors being Shia LaBeouf, and we'll, mm. we'll touch on the other actors later. But this is quite a muted Shia LaBeouf performance, from my opinion. What do you reckon for him? I think it's it's muted in the sense, yeah, I, I know what you mean. It's not mm. too out there. However, it is committed. It is like yeah. the scratch on his face is real. <laughs> and like he 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 did he Shia LaBeouf the role and I don't know there's there's an emotion in his eyes but I think there's a subtlety to it I think that's that's what's kind of great is is he's doing a usual LaBeouf I like that 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 should definitely be a just a term now that we use in the vernacular LaBeouf. oh he LaBeoufed it um, but it, he's really really deep in that role it's just not a big it's not a big character he's playing almost so it, although it feels like a muted Shia like performance he's mm. Fully, like Tony said, he was cutting his cheek every time that needed to be filmed. You know, there's makeup. (laughs) And it's good these days. Helen, you've been a bit quiet. Um, I had not seen this film before. I'd been aware of it, but I hadn't seen it. It just never had really... I mean, Netflix said it was like a 59% match, which is probably quite iffy. We need to start tracking these because it'd be quite interesting to see what Netflix, what people bring on to Netflix versus our what Netflix thinks we should like. I would never even look at a Netflix rating before watching something because I don't trust people enough. Oh, yeah, I don't trust them. I just <laughs> want to know. You just want to know how much it matches. It's like, no, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. No, you got it right. <laughs> Sorry. So, so, I mean, I was surprised how much fun I actually had watching it. It's kind of quite a strange film in that I don't think it really sort of tells a new story, but it kind mm. of tells it from a slightly different perspective that makes it pretty engaging, even if it is pushing the the two-hour mark. And I think that is down to the enthusiasm that the main characters bring to each of their roles. They're kind of a little bit stereotyped and a bit off the chart with their macho-ness, but you, you just can't help but be on their side, even if being on their side involves... Brad Pitt stabbing a German in the eye or machine gunning Nazis down for fun and like going, yeah, it's, it's a strange little film, but I had a lot of fun with it, with the tank people. Um, <laughs> the, t- the tank people. Tank people. From here on outwards, they'll be known as tank people. Crew. crew they're a crew, right? That's what the it crew. is. Crew, yeah. <laughs> and their little tank called Fury and the other tank friends with their names. Um, so, yeah. I mean, Shy Shy is an interesting one. I mean, I've kind of always found his career a little bit interesting. Um, he's not having a great time of late, and um, that's, that's self that's self imposed, though, isn't it? It is, and yeah. I mean, I hope he sorts himself out before affecting anyone else. Um, but yeah, intense performance probably brings more intenseness than the script probably required, and you know. I think that kind of makes sense where the, I'm pretty sure it would not have been in the script to cut your own face in every time a shot. And that kind of comes through in it. Um, so, yeah. I can imagine David Ayer, the director, going, Shai, why, why are you doing this? I was, I was telling you, just, you, you, don't, you don't need to. No one's going to notice. You're being, you're being silly now. <laughs> what if I touch my face? I want it to hurt. I want, yeah. ah, I want to flinch. Ah. And I get it. Actually, conceptually, that I sort of get because if you are, I don't know, um, actors probably don't actually touch their face that much while acting. It's not a thing you should do, I'd imagine. But if you, it, you would want a, that natural flinch. Ooh. Ooh. Well, Jay, what about yourself? You seen I, 
Yeah, I, I, I love this. I, what I like about this movie is the watchability of it. It's um, intense, like uh, Safe and Private Ryan. It's got that same sort of um, like desolate feel to it, where you know that nothing particularly is going to is going to come of this. But it's also a war movie. You shouldn't be sat there with a bunch of hope. But like you say, you've got a camaraderie there where you want them to win. And even though they're clearly all bad people, are they being bad people because they're in a war or are they inherently bad people? And I, I think mm. when you look around the tank people or the tank crew, you, you're not sure. Like, not, like, I'm not sure if Brad Pitt or Brad Pitt's character, sorry, I'm sure Brad Pitt's a lovely guy, but I'm not sure if Brad Pitt's character... War Daddy. How could I forget? Um, <laughs> I'm not sure if War Daddy is, is like a bad guy or having to be bad mm. when he's making um and you know spoilers um but when he's making the uh new tank crew member actually you know m murder essentially a pow he's doing it to uh, you know break the guy's cherry or something so there isn't a weak link with mm. this very small crew they have which could put everyone in danger i understand the morality behind that is completely flipped on its head and you know was he trying to do a good thing by teaching this young person to kill i don't know but then just sitting there and having that question pretty much about every character that you see is you know it, it's very impressive to, to have that in, in such a small cast it's quite interesting i think i've rarely seen it presented as that that you have to toughen up quickly otherwise you just there's no chance you're going to survive and that that was a tough scene i thought mm. with brad making him get that german ss soldier on his knees and get uh the kid that they they called machine at the end to you know shoot him because he was he was too green around the gills and i can understand that if you know if, not every, if everyone's not putting their weight in a situation like that then you've got no chance whatsoever. And they were one of the last remaining tank people uh, on the on planet Earth, from what I understand. <laughs> so, so he's doing something right there. Um, but there was compassion there as well, um, especially when that scene when they went into the, the house with the women. Mm -hmm. Even though it's still, it still rapey because he wouldn't have had sex with that young girl had they not gone in and said, by the way, you take him in there, you take her in there, otherwise I will. So that, that didn't need to happen. But then... When the other guys came in, the other tank people came in, it could have escalated to a scene which was really traumatic. It showed the level of it, right? The, yeah. It showed the sort of the scale of, of escalation in the situation. Yeah. And yeah, it, it was, it was it, creepy. It really <laughs> creepy. It is creepy, especially after such an intense, like, the, like, as you said, Helen, the movie literally starts and in seconds there's a knife going in an eyeball and it just doesn't really let up that much until that scene when they've taken him a town and they're in a building with these this mother and daughter, as far as you can tell. And because it slows down so suddenly mm. from just being pitched really, really high on the edge of your seat and is something going to happen and it suddenly stops, you don't really feel like it has stopped. I sat the whole time, like I remember sitting there being like, oh, ja, 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 is this going to be okay? <laughs> oh no, more people have arrived. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. <laughs> like, um, but it's that morality constantly flipping between, like you say, he's literally just kind of pushed one, one guy on this girl that's okay because of the way he's done it. However, he's then protecting them when more of his tank team come in drunk. Dodgy lines. And at the very beginning of that scene, he's the creepy guy. If you remember, like he's the like come and stand over here, and and it's and it's like 
it's very odd because he then becomes the good guy throughout the scene in terms of flips around. But to still root for these people. That's to it, still right? root for these people right to the end and for them being, being you know, facing against insurmountable odds and still wanting them to survive when you've seen each one of them do something absolutely horrendous. <laughs> it's very cleverly made. Helen, let's talk about the, the rest of the cast, um, the tank people cast. Start with your, I don't know, who, who do you want to lead us out with? My my favourite, Michael Bina, who's just great in everything. Pena. Pena. Yeah. I always get his name wrong. That's how much I love him. <laughs> um, yeah, always welcome to see him mm. in, in anything he does. Um, and then it's your man from The Walking Dead. John I can't remember his name. John. The Punisher himself, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Um, who I probably think he's probably the most unhinged of them all, isn't he? I mean, mm. from anything... From his looks, um, that's why it's set out, portrayed. You know, you you're the weird one. You're the loose cannon. Yeah. And then the it, uh, occasional appearance of uh, Jason Isaacs with his scary face. <laughs> so there's, there's kind of like a few sort of big names that um, pop up, um, and then obviously Brad. Who I think when I started watching it, I was a bit like, oh, I'm not really buying Brad Pitt in this, but then. Part way through, I don't know what it was. I just, I was like, okay, I've accepted. Brad Pitt is war daddy and he is, you know, the tank master. And, you know, he knows all about how to make tanks fight each other and everything. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, I guess the the unspoken star is Fury, the uh, undefeatable tank that manages <laughs> to withstand every single bullet and grenade and rocket launcher. Lots of glancing and, shots. Lots and of everything. ricochets. Oh my god! <laughs> and it's the soundproofing in in that bad boy as well is in, incredible. Um, so yeah, it's it's a great ensemble cast. They they and then the they the rookie. Um, I've forgotten what his Who name was. I, I always thought yeah. he's like he looked like a young Christian Slater to me. So <laughs> I've seen him in the perks of being a wallflower. That was the, oh, kind of the okay, one yeah. that I've yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen him in. I mean, he does kind of well of playing that kind of wet eyed. <laughs> terrified um, I'm in the yeah. wrong place help me out yeah, yeah. kind of situation I think this film probably is fairly accurate in a lot of things that happened and you know we've kind of mentioned the uncomfortable coercive sex scene slash rape scene it was probably much worse than that and oh yeah I've no doubt it's no um, doubt situations no doubt. were worse and there's not that many films that have really kind of tackled that sort of side of it. It sort of kind of like skirts around what happens to, you know, the people in these towns that were kind of not really on either side. And, you know, the, the signs on the, the bodies piling up and, you know, the people eating the horses, that's all stuff that we've known happened. So fair play for it, for really going for it. I don't think I'd really seen that kind of like strategic side of things as well. Like I remember when Saving Private Ryan came out and the other war movie that came out at the same time, The Thin Red Line. Yeah. I think they both kind of came out at similar sort of times. That was the first time I'd seen certain bits of, of World War Two, where, you know, small groups of people weren't running through and actually what that seemed like as opposed to just huge battles happening or aerial battles or something like that. I don't think I've ever really seen tank combat I didn't know you had to get behind people. I didn't know uh, any of those bits and pieces. They're kind of splitting out. And always interesting to see something like that. It's so much power, but it's all really quite slow. Like battleships. It's all really quite slow. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. So everyone's, you know, everyone's got huge guns, but no one's really zooming around. It's not the most exciting thing. But 
I enjoyed how they were they managed to get the kind of level of sort of anticipation and excitement going in such a slow battle but I do hark back to what you're saying Helen as well is it did feel I just didn't feel like that tank was going to get hit by anything that was going to blow up those five people like mm. at, <laughs> at no point did I think that you know sure a bullet's going to hit that and a grenade might bounce off it but it's we're going to be okay for at least another 90 minutes every time something bounced against it well, what do you, there's some fights which I thought. Um, well, first of all, it looked like like the uh, like the laser guns sometimes in the, in um, the tracer rounds. Yeah, the tracer rounds. Yeah. And, and I was thinking that watching it, I was thinking, did they have tracer rounds in Marvel? Well, I don't think they did. And did but they specifically have red ones for allies and, and the, green yeah, yeah, yeah. for Germans? <laughs> have you been watching Star Wars? Um, <laughs> So some some visual flares look really good, and going to the, some of the scenes, um, like I say uh, tanks don't move that fast, so therefore they're not that engaging. But also, there's an extra added jeopardy of of the guys, the tank commanders, war daddy in the case, actually hanging his head outside the tank, like directing everyone mm. instead of being safer <laughs> inside. And I just thought, is that that's clearly designed for? Because the German tanks, no one was hanging off the ends of the tanks; they were all inside, safer. So if you're making tanks in the future. Build enough space where everyone can sit inside comfortably. Um, that'll be my first comment. <laughs> it's like at the end design. when he's got the big 50 cow gun. Yeah. The only way to do it is just a stand where you're pretty much visible from every direction. <laughs> okay. I mean, it is a big gun. It is good fun. And uh, what, what do you guys make of the uh, turning jail of the, of the rest of the cast? I thought it's one of those films where Michael Pena acts. doesn't. He's not rather than plays Michael Pena. Uh, and I like that because he 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 can act and he's really good, mm. uh, but he doesn't always get the chance to because they often Ant Man go be go be Michael Pena right rather than go try something different. Um, but I really like all of them if I'm honest, and I, even like they're all the casting was done in like you say um, Punisher John what's his name Burnthorne. when you've got that group together and you and they're all a bit evil ish and they're all a bit odd and you need someone to just be the clear and distinct really odd evil guy he's such a good casting to come in there i got this don't worry about it i can, I can just, you know smudges on me face and i've just started pulling it together so no i always like i always like him who else we got i thought the kid i bought the kid the kid sold it is what sells the movie i think i think if it was just those five in the tank like four in the tank it would just be a bit of a macho mess but the kid brings the kid brings the narrative hmm. and then that macho mess actually sort of falls to pieces because you see them all cry at some point pretty much um so it it, it I, I see a lot of people calling it like a, just a macho movie and it does have that but I don't I don't get that from it if that, mm. if that makes sense I got a, that as, as part of this whole facade like you know everyone's having to put on a facade like no one in World War II there wasn't these hulking armies that, that fought right it was a lot of people who were plumbers and bakers and <laughs> candlestick makers um, who were suddenly in the throngs of war and like I, 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 when I saw that that like hyper machoism yeah, I get it. If I'm going to hang out in a tiny little tin can and people are going to try and kill us all day long and our job is to, like, go and be murderous and such, surely we all lean into this and be horrible to each other. I mean, they, they're constantly slapping each other around. It's past horse players of just being horrible to each other. But it seems like they're keeping it mean almost. Mm. Keeping it mean so the outside isn't quite as bad. I did, I did enjoy that one character piece with um, John Bernthal's character and, and, and Machine. And he just said, look, we're all bad guys. I think I think you're a good one. Just to mm. to kind of level set that they feel that perhaps they've gone a bit too far or the things they've experienced and witnessed, they're way over the line, but they need to keep there. Otherwise, if they relax, then everything's going to go wrong. And one thing Helen was saying about the um, 
Jason Isaac's character. Brad Pitt's war daddy was very keen to move on to the next mission. Yeah, never, at no point did he just say, look, can we just chill out for, can we have a night? Uh, and then go the next day. It was like, okay, yeah, we'll do it. No, no, it's all right. No worries. Yeah, well. How many you got some bourbon biscuits? Yeah. Like maybe we could sit down, we could tell some stories. Yeah. I don't know. Um, and, and that must I be- like Jason Isaacs as the, um, as the sort of local, local commander type. Charlie, Charlie. Type. He, I could see him doing that for a while. <laughs> Is there anything else, guys, you want to say before we head to the scores? I guess I was going to just sort of say that um, in terms of um, David Ayer's work, I've only really seen End of Watch, I think, which mm. I I really, really loved. So this was kind of like my second adventure in this. And there there are some moments where you're, you're kind of taken out of it with the... Some of the pacing is is interesting. Um, the, the bit for the final showdown, there's quite a clear gap between the arrival of the soldiers and the spotting of the soldiers and some day-to-night transitions that um, was something that you'd think, how did that, how were we daylight and how were we nighttime? How did we um, miss this? Yeah. Uh, which, I mean, I don't know whether they were intentional or I'm not really sure, but there was moments like that where it, it it's like, okay, I'm, I am going along with it, but it, it kind of, it's that tricky balance be sort of, this is noticeable to the point where it's a little bit like, oop, a bit funny. And mm. I, I feel that had it not had those moments in, it probably would be a little bit more kind of, people would maybe talk about it more or maybe people would give it a chance rather than just like write it off. Because I think I'd pretty much written it off as being a bit crap and not really interesting. So it walks a fine line between actually being quite interesting and really good and then being kind of a little bit silly with moments like that yeah. <laughs> so, somewhere between a character a character investigation piece of a small group and rambo <laughs> i just wanted to pull a just a a um comment on on david Ayer's filmography because he, he has written a lot of just amazing films uh, yeah he's got an interesting mix in there yeah but as I, a writer yeah. training day being like the one that was, when i found out he yeah. wrote that i was like well we've had training day and he was one of my favorite films ever uh, he's written a fair few of my favourite films, but then if we lean into his directorial films, End of Watch, as Helen said, is brilliant. Um, Michael Pena in there. My first, that was probably my mm-hmm. first, was, was that Michael Pena in that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I think that was the first time I saw Michael Pena. I was like, I hope we see more of this guy. Um, <laughs> so I'm, I'm glad we do. But then he the Suicide Squad. Uh, so <laughs> is a down. Is a down. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hopefully the momentum at Warner Brothers of the success of rebooting things a little bit you never know. We might we might see a better version of Suicide Squad one day, but is it worth it? They're already making the sequel, sort of sort of reboot sequel anyway, so probably not, right? <laughs> yeah, with a guy who probably knows how to. Well, James Gunn, who they probably trust to make these films. But I think I think David Ayer was just yeah. Um, I feel there's a good film in there, and I feel it was taken away from him, and perhaps unfairly. We never know the insides and out, ins and outs of these things, but no, I know he's quite I, bitter about it. Yeah, I can <laughs> imagine. Yeah, <laughs> I hear the stories lots of times. You know, Josh Trank, uh, his Fantastic Four film, is not supposed to be the film that exactly. he wanted, and I feel gutted because um, his film before that was one of my favourite films ever. Even though I've forgotten the name, Chronicle, right? Chronicle, yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and Chronicle, I thought was absolutely outstanding. I was so excited for Fantastic Four, yeah. and it was just wasn't good. So anyway, but this I think is the thing is when it, when there's that much of a budget involved, like there's mm. definitely too many cooks, and mm. there kind of should be because it's there's so many cooks is money. Um, so I, I, you know, I do get it, but it just feels like Warner Brothers have never quite 
it feels like they they get a great idea to go through something like Suicide Squad, and we're going to get David Ayer to do it, and people are going like, "What, David Ayer, the guy who wrote Training Day?" And they're like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, he's going to do that. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be dark and gritty and." And it feels like they make the movie and at some point they open a door to another bunch of executives who weren't part of any of that conversation. And they're like, oh, wow, that's very dark. What was David Ayer thinking? Uh, let's get rid of that. More Harley Quinn. She's famous. That, that more, you know, And just tear it to pieces. Whereas Marvel don't do that. They, it feels like they're all part of the original conversation and they decide which way they're going to go and then follow it through. Yeah. Mm. On that note, let's head to the scores. Hello folks, I'm Sam. And I'm Martin. And every week for the last five years we've got together to talk about the musician Tom Waits. He's a gravelly voice singer that sounded like he doused his vocal cords in bourbon and set fire to them with a cigarette <laughs> and wrote such classic songs as Way Down in the Hole, Downtown Train, Jersey Girl. Uh, he's also the gravelly voiced actor from films such as The Ballad of Buster Scruggs and Seven Psychopaths, both of which coincidentally are on Netflix and both of which Kobe and Helen have discussed here on Flixwatcher. So make sure you check those episodes out, and when you have a little bit of a taste for the magic that is Tom Waits, why not head over to songbysongpodcast.com or search for Song by Song in your podcatcher of choice to listen to a little bit more about Tom Waits. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Welcome to the return to the Flix Watcher scores. All of our scores, as always, are out of five. You may have uh, decimal places if you wish. And we'll start with you, please, Tony, with your recommendability. Recommendability four. <laughs> you really went for that one. I don't have to explain myself, right? <laughs> you, you can do if you want, but if you don't want to. Uh, Jay. Recommendability. I'm going to go, and it's out of five, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go for a solid four as well, because it's one of the better war movies it's also a great brad pitt movie um without necessarily being a brad pitt movie yeah i think that's fair helen uh not quite a four i'm gonna do 3.7 i had a lot of fun with it but there'd be kind of quite specific caveats to recommending it and i feel that it probably wouldn't be for a lot of people i mean it's pretty violent for a start and it is it's kind of pretty dark and I think I mentioned briefly there's a couple of moments in the direction which kind of take it a little bit you know saving private Ryan sort of standard direction that some people will kind of forgive and go along with but for other people there'd be a bit nah it's it's a bit silly or it's you know things like the ending you kind of have to go in full in to accept that yeah 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 because it is kind of ridiculous and I think for some people it would be a bit of a stretch and they just take it too seriously so 3.7 yeah yeah i'm gonna go put this is a film i i knowing and liking david air and enjoying most of the cast it's one of those films that i just never got around to watching and i know it's been on netflix for a while it's been there and i'm like not today yeah not today <laughs> um and i can understand that and i think it's i'm gonna give it you know 3.5 because i really enjoyed it but it's still a film i don't think it's one of those films you can kind of go, yeah, it's a war film and it's a bit machoistic and 
I'm not sure it's telling necessarily a better story than than Seven Private Ryan. And I, I read it. I think the film I compare this to mostly is uh, Memphis Bell, but I haven't seen that for years. Mm. Um, and that's set in a, in a B-52 kind of bomber. And also recently watched uh, Cats 22, which was on Channel 4, which I thought was fantastic. Again, guys kind of stuck in a, in a bomber together over a longer period of time. So yeah, 3.5. It's a decent film, but I think it's hardest to recommend. Uh, repeat viewing score. Tony. Repeat viewing score. I mean, I I don't watch it that often. It's I was I was happy to watch it again, but it's not one I watch religiously. So mm. let's say a three point four. How many times have you watched it? Do you reckon three or four times probably? Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's one of those. I caught it really early when it came out. Um, I I don't know didn't know any hype about it. I knew nothing about it. I just randomly watched it and was like, that was an excellent movie. Where did that come from? You know. <laughs> and so I've just I've sort of come back to it a bunch of times since then. Uh, Jay. I have to go pretty high here because I've watched this probably two or three times in 2020 alone Um, (laughs) because it comes up in a few of my lists. Like if I go and fall down a war movie rabbit hole, this will be on it. If I go and uh, fall down a Brad Pitt, uh, if I fall down his rabbit hole, I'm going to do it. Shia LaBeouf. These are all, these are all kind of routes that I take. And this movie Mm. ends up on a, uh, as as kind of a cafe stop on a lot of those routes. Um, So I'm going to go for like a 4.4 because I, do watch it a lot, but it might not be one of the movies I watch the most. Helen? I mean, I'm not in a rush to watch it again. Um, I'm. It's probably going to be quite low on my re-watchability list of, of ones that I return to. But that said, if like someone really wanted to see it and they hadn't seen it and I was with them, I'd be like, yeah, right then. Um, I, I did not not enjoy the, the company of it. It's just probably not something I'd actively return to. So um, a three. Yeah, I'm going to go for three as well. It's I'll get back to it at some point, but I'm not in a rush. And I think it'd be better to get back to that. Uh, yeah, not today. Not today. <laughs> um, and I think of the war movie genre, there'll be ones I want to return to more frequently, even though they are ostensibly harsh to watch. I think obviously Saving Private Ryan being the pinnacle of, of that ilk. Uh, small screen score, Tony. It's quite a lot of cool looking tank stuff, isn't there? So it's not going to be right, that great on small screen. Um where, where did you watch it the first time? On my huge television, probably. I don't think I saw it in okay. the cinema. Okay, yeah, so, yeah. so you didn't watch it in the cinema. And by no. small screen, we just mean TV, not the cinema. Uh, it wasn't, okay. it wasn't that's interesting. Actor. That's yeah. interesting. Uh, okay. So how, how big is your television? Uh, yeah. Uh, in that sense, then I don't think it's not a cinema necessity, but I'm sure it would have been good at the cinema. Hmm. Uh, small screen, oh, let's go four. Let's give it a nice four. Jay. I'm going to go for a 3.5 because I have only seen this on the small screen, but with all those awesome laser bullets that everyone shoots, I bet it would have been awesome, awesome on a big screen. Helen? Yes, kind of interesting one because I would never, ever have paid to go to the cinema to see this. So it's not something that I would have actively gone to the cinema to see. And I don't know, it's kind of a weird one because obviously it's pretty kind of loud and in your face and I... I don't know. I don't know whether I have enjoyed it or more, or I don't think the size of the screen has really made a difference mm. to it at all. So uh, I'm going to say five. I think it's if you if you want to see it, watch it on Netflix. Don't really mm. worry about the size of your screen. Just turn up the volume, I guess. <laughs> it's like really yeah. loud. Headphones in yeah. and, and and on your iPhone. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I've, I don't think I've watched any war films in the cinema. Um, that come no, um, your man Christopher Nolan. Ah, oh, yeah, me too. 
Yeah, so Saving Private his... Ryan definitely saw that in the cinema. Yeah, <laughs> when people told me about the first scene of Saving Private Ryan, I shat myself just to the prospects and didn't want to watch it. Um, so I thought sure you were going to say I just shat myself, and just... <laughs> but that was that was my experience with it, and it would have been a really strange story. Still haven't seen the movie. <laughs> um, so I think. I'm going to be the highest one because um, I'm, I'm not. If it came out again as a reissue, I'm not. I don't, I don't think I'll be drawn to watch it. So let's go for 4.5 uh, engagement score. Tony, engagement. Yeah, it's pretty harrowing. So engaging, engaging, and harrowing are basically the same thing in my mind. Um, <laughs> 4.5. I'm going to go real high on this and go for like 4.8 because I think. It's one of those movies I won't turn off once it's started. Mm. I know it's going to be a really miserable journey and I want to follow that journey through. Helen? I was really surprised by this film. I had completely written it off and would never, ever, ever have seen it had you not have suggested it. And I found that I was pretty engaged throughout the whole film. There was some bits that were a little bit slow and the pacing was a bit weird, which I mentioned. But yeah, it's... you you kind of want to know what happens you can kind of maybe guess who lives and who dies and a bit like that but it's actually really engaging and i didn't like do the whole far as it finished yet for its whole runtime so yeah 4.5 yeah i could give it a four it was, it was it was decent i wasn't looking at my phone i did think i was like oh is it over two hours mm, i've got uh, well let's just get started um and the time didn't fly by but at the same time i wasn't really clock watching either so and I go for four. That gives an overall score of three point nine eight seven five zero, just under a shade under the four mark. Solid. Uh, it's pretty good. I, yeah. I was honestly really surprised by it. I thought it was going to be awful. Um, well, and... after last time, I'm glad I could bring something to the table <laughs> that you actually enjoyed because you know yeah, that wasn't the reaction we got from the one. <laughs> that film is so bizarre. I've not rewatched that. Sorry, I didn't. I was going to say, has, there, has time? Has time? There's been time tested on that, and now you're actually actually we watched this once a year. It's my Christmas movie. <laughs> Sadly not, but it's not like the worst. It's not the lowest scoring film either. So. So I think it did all right. Oh, it's I not think, in the lowest scoring film. Time, time has been kind to it. <laughs> um, let's head over to Twitter, guys. Uh, to everyone who's listening, do follow us on Twitter. Uh, we are at FlixWatcherPod. And the main reason to follow us is because we do ask for shout-outs before going into recording. And such as this, we put a tweet saying, we're reviewing Fury with Jay Ludgrove and Tony Gordon from GL Productions. Have you seen it? Tell us your thoughts and the score out of five, and we'll give you a shout-out. And we had a few responses here. Tony, as you are... As you chose the film, do you want to pick a response? Sure thing. Eric Thomas. Eric Thomas said, I did like that movie. The most powerful <laughs> moment to me was the scene with Shire's character that a Bible-thumping fundamentalist Christian comforts a dying man. It'll, it'll give it four out of five stars. Face scraped off the interior of a tank. Yeah, that was, that was quite grim, that scene. It was a dark bit. moment, wasn't it? Yeah. I was <sighs> like, oh, when are you going to see like a bit of his head? When are you going to see? And I was like, oh, mm. wasn't expecting that. Uh, <laughs> there it Jay. is. We've got here from uh, Steve EILFM podcast and four stars. Interesting take on World War II film with a kind of hyper masculinity, but intense moments throughout. And I really liked it. Go on, Steve. Good shout. <laughs> and Helen, taken on your uh, your your spouse. Yeah. So this is uh, Reese Hayward, my husband, who <laughs> sat through this film, which. Um, you know, is an achievement in itself. Uh, <laughs> all, all a bit macho, but watchable. Three stars. Fair play, fair play. Uh, Tony and Jay, can you tell everyone who's listening where they can find you 
um, and we'll say sayonara to everyone who's taking the time. You can find me at J Ludgrove at J Ludgrove pretty much everywhere. Um, also, uh, we release a bunch of content on GL Pro UK and check out our podcast, GL Cast, where we have a number of different um, shows under there, one being uh, my show, The Jaily Show. And I make most of that content but i also have a random youtube channel called bones knows when i feel like uploading videos and podcasts i do but it's not all the time <laughs> <laughs> well guys it's been a pleasure to have you back on again after after this extended period of four years and four years and a bit so thank That's you lovely. so much really appreciate it thanks so much for coming on a pleasure having Bye. Us. Bye. enjoyed this episode of flicks watcher podcast why not leave us a five-star review on itunes you can also follow us at FlixWatcherPod on twitter and we're at FlixWatcher on instagram thanks as always to the mighty people for their mighty mighty tunes and ben from rockwood audio for his awesome editing skills if you're looking to get your podcast edited as sweet as this get in touch with ben and that's rockwood r-o-k-k wood audio tell them flicks what you sent you you just heard a stripped media production 